right. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for coming back to the Epic Dad Lacey podcast. Drew here. Hey, I'm super excited to have on Ryan Parr today uh, from Bare Bone Strength. So Ryan is a strongman competitor. Um, he is a great example of what uh, hard work encompasses and what hard work can do for you. Um, so super happy to have on Ryan. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his grit program that he has on and just really about, um, you know, how hard work is going to blend into everything that you do in life. So, Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. What did we talk about today? Man, uh, super excited to be on here. We talk about uh, fatherhood, uh, being a better member of your family, being a better member of society and how we can get there through hard work, um, why doing 300 burpees is a great idea, uh, how to not quit. Um, and we also talk about my journey through Strongman and also how to be a, a fitness and strength unicorn do it all bam there it is are you ready to become the dad you know you were meant to be good because this is the epic dad legacy podcast where imperfect action is better than perfect ideas promises kept are more important than promises made and nothing happens unless you make it happen my name is drew father of two and founder of the epic dad company my mission is to help dads up their game and become the husbands fathers and men they're called to be thanks for listening now let's start the episode. It's like you're uh, in the car, so thanks for <laughs> hopping on at 6 a.m. in Colorado, man. It's, it's not super cold. I mean, I probably should have left the house in more than just a hoodie and a beanie, but, you know, yeah, such how cold is it? How cold is it in uh, Colorado? My car's reading out is 23 this morning, so it's not too bad. It's yeah. not too bad, man. I, I looked at the weather app, like, a couple weeks ago, and I saw it was, like, one degree in Colorado Springs, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? When the sun comes out during the day, it'll hit, you know, 40s, 50s. You'll have a huge range without the humidity like that. It just, it's wild how much different it can get. Yeah. Cool. Well, Ryan, man, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, so, yeah, first off, what have you been up to, man? Um, I, I've, you know, kept up with you on social and stuff like that. Um, but uh, wanted to hear kind of about your your fitness journey, kind of, you know, where you're at right now, what you're up to. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm super fluid when it comes to that. Um, my wife laughs at me. She'll, uh, she'll say that it's impossible for me to chase a goal, uh, in, in the best way possible. Basically kind of how I operate is I love going to the gym and just choosing what I want to do that day. And when I say like pick a goal or sign up for a race or a competition or whatever I'm going to do, I start to resent it. So she laughs at me. She's like, yeah, you sign up for a Spartan race and you decide you want to do strongman or you sign up for a strongman competition and then you want to run again or something. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I don't like to be defined by whatever it is that I'm working towards, so to speak, mm-hmm. or one modality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of want to be the unicorn. You know what I mean? I want to be a great runner. I want to be able to run long distances, do Spartan races, OCRs, but I also qualify for strongman nationals this year in the 220 class. So it's like a uh, power lifting. I, I like all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of did, you, did you qualify for strongman? I did. Yeah. Did? Okay. Well, tell me about that. What does that qualification look like? Um, is, I, mean, I haven't watched strongman probably since I was like 12. You know? Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't even know like what all the events are, but I know um, at least from what I remember, there's a bunch. I mean, obviously it's like the strongman. It's like heavy lifting stuff. So yeah, what 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 does that look what does that look like? Um, well, it could be any number of things. There are usually a deadlift event, a pressing event, a carry event, and then some kind of odd object, things like that. And uh, the way strongman's set up, it's kind of like you know you have to be super 
you have to be strong, but you also have to be mobile. And most events are around a minute long. So it's kind of, uh, if you've got a sliding scale between absolute strength and say powerlifting, you know, squat, bench, deadlift, and then you've got on the other side, you know, CrossFit and functional fitness, I'd put strongman maybe, you know, a few ticks right of the strength, you know, heading towards the where you still have to be strong, but you know, you're only working for a minute at a time. So it's more of like a power athlete force production type sport, which is awesome because it carries over well to a lot of other things. Yeah. So um, like, what, what are some of the events? I mean, they last about a minute long. Like I would think if you're just doing bench press, you just hop up there, throw on a shit ton of weight, and then you just do bench press and see who can do the most. Is that an incorrect thought? <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty close, except instead of bench press, it'd be like an axle bar, shoulder to overhead okay so the axle bar is you know that super thick bar where the collars don't rotate so when you yeah. do a typical clean to your shoulder you know the bar rotates and the plates stay fixed mm-hmm. you know it's around whereas an axle bar it doesn't so they do that funny you know continental clean where you know a mixed grip and you kind of set it on your belly and flip it over you know i don't know if you've seen it done but if somebody doesn't know what it is it looks like somebody's doing a terrible clean and jerk <laughs> you know? but uh so for example the the competition that I was at last summer that I took first in that allowed me to uh, go to nationals this year, uh, my events were, I think it was 255 on the axle. You take it from the ground. You've got one minute for as many reps as possible from your shoulder to full lockout overhead. Okay. Obviously, you can drop it as many times as you want, but you, you'd have to clean it back. Okay. That, that's where the endurance piece comes in. You've got a minute sure. to do. Yeah, it's not just like load up the bar as heavy as you can, do one rep to see who's like the strongest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there might be that aspect too, where who's the strongest. Yeah. Uh, there might be a last man standing deadlift. So for example, at nationals, one of the events is a last man standing deadlift, kind of like conga line style. Yeah. So, you know, me and whoever else I'm competing against basically lines up and the bar is at a set weight. Yeah. We all go to one deadlift and then we go to the end of the line. And as you can't hit that deadlift, because it goes up probably, I think it's 20 pounds every time the line goes all the way through. Yeah. So it starts 625 and then after everybody's other what uh 625 jesus christ (laughs) that's the starting weight (laughs) it it is a mammoth bar so it's about a 10 foot barbell so it's got a ton of it so i mean realistic like you know my best deadlift is in you know low to mid sixes anyway on a standard bar but on a on a mammoth bar i could probably pull closer to seven okay so uh, I mean, that, that flex helps a ton. So basically you go through, you know, it might be 10 guys in the line, so to speak. We all hit that 625. It goes to 645. We come back through eight guys, get it. And then it goes yeah. to six, five, six guys get it. Yeah. But the thing is like your rest period gets shorter and shorter yeah, because you were there. Mm. Absolutely. So yeah. there's, there's a little bit of that aspect too. So it's not really absolute strength where, whereas absolute strength matters but so does your endurance and your ability to reproduce yeah okay yeah that that deadlift competition reminds me of what we did uh on deployment in afghanistan just to, like see who's the strongest you know we'd literally just line up people and be like all right throw some weight on there and just like go round robin and then like hey if you if you got it you stay in keep going and like that's <laughs> that's how we did the strength competition yep yeah and i love that too i i, I think i just like the community i'm sure that was similar to you uh, when you guys would lift, you just got a bunch of people and you don't like it matters, but what matters more is that you're all there kind of pushing each other towards a, a common goal. And if you were to do that by yourself, obviously you wouldn't hit anywhere near the same weights. Yeah. So strongman in a lot of ways is similar to that, where there's enough of a, a grit and a grind component needed to get through these events. 
Uh, one of them was carry a 245 pound Atlas stone, just yeah. back and forth on a track as many times as you can in one minute. And I mean, you got to grind through. That sucks. I mean, you can't breathe. There's a giant rock sitting on your diaphragm you're carrying, you know, and you can't drop it in the middle. So, I mean, it's, you got a ton of people there just yelling at you, screaming at you, just kind of pushing you forward. What's the average age, would you say, for, for guys that are in the strongman? Man, I've seen them all. There's a, a scattering, you know, there's a bell curve. There's a scattering of people, I'd say, around like 18, 19, 20. I'd say most of them are probably mid-20s, okay. uh, pushing 30. Because after that, if you've been doing it long enough, you, you start to get kind of broken and hurt unless you're real careful about the way you train. Yeah. You know? And I'd say, you know, I'm – coming up on 36 here so i'm kind of at the older end and there's a spattering of just like just old guys that just have this weird old man strength that come out too you know <laughs> have the dad strength going on what, yeah. what is the what does the training look like i mean it's a mix of strength and endurance and i mean like my mind automatically goes to like crossfit right because that's like you know um yeah probably more on like the endurance side for a lot of that stuff you know for crossfit but it yeah. seems like there's a, a nice blend there. So, like, what is what does your train-up look like? Like, how long does it take to get ready to go qualify for a strongman? And then, like, what type of stuff are you doing? Um, so, I like to stay pretty pretty ready year-round as far as my strength levels. Um, I got a general rule that no matter what modality or what type of fitness I'm into at the current moment, I'll never let the other ones fall off mm -hmm. less than 90%. So, I mean, those numbers are pretty measurable when it comes to, you know, strength. So if I can squat 500 and deadlift like mid sixes, I got to be able to still at any given day, if I'm on a running program, so to speak, still be able to come and squat like mid fours, you know, okay. and knowing that I could train that back pretty quickly. So yeah. the same way, but when I'm ramping up and I may be like a few months out, it starts to look like I've got a deadlift day. I've got a carry day. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's this, uh, this period of specialization where the base is broad and it's general physical preparedness that leads you towards your goal. And you can use this, we use this model to train for anything, you know, and in strongman, particularly the bottom base of the pyramid is ultimate strength. So how do I get my, my overall strength up? I can pull a heavier one, one RM in, you know, overhead press, push press, you know, power clean is important. And then as it gets closer and closer, I start to get a little more specific. So the, the steps on the pyramid get smaller and smaller and more narrow to where, you know, maybe three weeks out, I'm, I'm still kind of training my, my linear progression or my periodized progression for strength, but I'm starting to do them on event specific equipment, yeah. such as like, I'm starting to pull on the mammoth bar more or the overhead press at, at nationals is a, a steel block and a sandbag. They're overhead pressing those. So maybe now I'm doing reps at lighter weights, you know, 70 to 80 percent of event weight but i'm doing like sets of three and five stuff like that as i'm building up and as it gets closer maybe like a month out all i'm doing is event work and i'm doing you know coupling things together i'm getting my body ready and aware of what it feels like to not only do all these events but do them in the same day do them in the same training session so this way you know i could be the strongest most ready guy out there in the deadlift but if i've never deadlift and pressed in the same day and i have to do the competition i'm going to peter out okay. so specificity is super important when it comes to like training and kind of planning and working backwards from an event. Okay. So is it a, is it a, a one day like event? Like oh, you yeah. go, you do all these, all the stuff in one day. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Is it, yeah, is, there any, is there any break time? In, I mean, I imagine there's a little bit of break time between <laughs> events, but I imagine you're smoked by the end of that. You know, it depends on who's running it. I've been to competitions where I've spent nine hours uh, to run five events mm -hmm. and I've been to competitions that have done the whole thing in like, 
three or four hours. That's so right. it depends on what they have available for equipment, uh, what the turnout is, how many people yeah. are there, how quickly they can get everybody through the events. You know, if a, a truck pull is the event where you're sitting down, you've got an arm over arm to pull the truck towards you with a rope, and they've only got two trucks, and you've got four weight classes for males, three weight classes yeah. for females. Yeah, you got to wait a little bit. Yeah, you got to wait, you know. Okay. Have you done one of these before, like the actual strawman event? I have, yeah. So I got into it probably, gosh, I think it was my first strongman competition was the year before I started dating my wife, actually. We've been together for about eight years now. So almost a decade I've been doing it. Okay. But, you know, I, so a friend of mine and I, uh, he's actually, you know, a kid I grew up with. He was, a, you know, we were in each other's weddings. We were, uh, um, uh, we were in a band together. We used to travel. So like we've, we've always spent a bunch of time together and fitness was a big thing too. So before we got into, before I got into CrossFit, before I get into all this stuff, we used to do what we called, uh, um, gosh, what do we call it? Caveman training. So we'd go in his backyard and we would have this giant tire. We would flip, um, we would carry his, his, uh, winter rims on like the tires on the wheel. Yeah on the driveway so one person would carry him down the driveway so essentially as a farmer's carry while the other person had to like hold the l-sit on the ladder in his garage and you know we were like had this big chunk of tree that we were squatting and throwing so that was kind of my introduction into strongman and then when i saw that you know strongman was a sport i kind of tailored it to that and found more specific equipment but that's always kind of appealed to me this is kind of like rugged um not perfectly you know, balanced barbell, clean, bright gym and all that. I've just always really loved the, the grit and the grind. And I'd rather be in a garage or outside or today I'm meeting a buddy and we're going up to a local high school that's got tires. We're literally going to flip tires and drag them around and sledgehammers. And it's just, I don't know, it feels better to me. So yeah, that got me into, I did an outdoor strongman competition uh, probably about nine, nine or 10 years ago. And it was okay. I did decent. I mean, uh, I took second in my, you know, weight class or whatever. And then I uh, met my wife and I got into a little bit more and she was doing um, bikini shows when I met her. So she was really good at macros and tracking her food. And, and I was looking at another competition that uh, my, another friend of mine and I were going to do. He was the owner of the gym I used to be at in New York. And uh, we started looking at the weight classes and realizing like, since I started tracking macros, so I said, I'm like 230 pounds. Okay. Uh, and since I started tracking macros with my then girlfriend, now wife, I started to notice that uh, I was starting to drop weight a little bit and lean out a little bit more. And I was maybe like 220, 218, 215. And I was like, you know what? I was looking at this competition. I was like, I can make, I can make 207 if I really focus on this. So I got some uh, powerlifting buddies that are, you know, I compete on the national level. They're really great at weight cuts. So I kind of got his help from it. And, uh, I dieted down a little bit to maybe like 212. And then I just did intense water cut the day before, like the week prior. And uh, honestly, the morning of we showed up, he was going to compete in the 177 class and I was in the 207. He showed up at 174 and I showed up at 204 and just completely <laughs> dehydrated. Like we weighed in, made weight, reconstituted, obviously. So you weigh in and then it's the that day is the competition a couple hours yeah. later. Well, once you, so, once you weigh in, it's like, you can do whatever, right? As long as you pass, oh then you're like, all right, sweet. Let me bulk up <laughs> real quick. You know, I weighed in at 204 and I probably competed at 212, 215, you know, but yeah. And it paid off because we both won our respective divisions. We came in first, which okay. was kind of uh, the, the fire to keep going, you know? And uh, it was super cool. That was a good one. Uh, and then, so what, uh, what, do you get if, what do you get if you win? strong man 
Uh, depends on the competition. High five. This, uh, <laughs> this one was by Fort Drum Army Base in upstate New York. And uh, so it was put on by, you know, some military. So I, it was pretty cool. I got a, I got a knife, some tactical sunglasses, you know, uh, like a little goodie bag, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome, man. I, um, I've never done a strong man. I've done some like CrossFit competition type stuff. And then I've done some like, you know, like running races. Um, what, I mean, what is it about like setting a goal and like ruthlessly, ruthlessly going after that goal that, that appeals to you so much? Cause I think like we're in the same mindset that like, I pretty much always have to have something I'm shooting for and like something jotted down that like, all right, that's my next thing. And then like, yeah. once that, that happens, I'm like, unless I have something I'm going for, I'm just like, I feel like I'm not in the zone, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you're right. So I'll start with like the whole competition aspect and the event aspect, because uh, there's two different sides of that for me. So the first side being, if, if I see that something is a possibility out there, like right now I see, uh, like there's another Spartan race coming out and I, I did really well a couple of years ago. I took 13th in the Spartan race, uh, down here at Fort Carson, uh, I think it was two years ago. So I'm kind of like ready to get back into that. And really what it is, is I just can't seem to accept that there's something out there that I can't challenge people at. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really my driving force. When last year I was, I was running a Spartan. I was running some trail stuff. I was doing a lot of cycling, some road biking. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend of mine, the one I'm going to train with today, actually, that he was like, Hey man, I know you used to do strong man and I'm getting into this competition. And he was like, Hey, you should do one too. And then all of a sudden I see these people training for strongman. I'm like, you know what? I just, I, I think I can't accept that there's something out there that I can't give people a run for their money at. And yeah. I, I always take that as a challenge, you yeah. know, where like, you know what? I'm going to do this too. And I kind of have this like, watch this attitude, which is, which is weird, but you know, I like to get into it and be like, I'm going to go hard charging. And then when I'm training, I'm like, you know what? I could go and I could have a great time with this competition. We could have fun. I could, you know, do my best and it's all fun. Or I could get out there and be like, I don't want anybody to, can I swear on this? Yeah, absolutely, man. I don't want anybody to fucking beat me. Like I'm not competitive on outwardly. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not a trash talker. I'm not going to tell anybody like I'm the best and I'm going to outwork and out whatever. I just like to kind of internalize that. And be like, hey, cool, it's going to be a fun competition. But inside, I'm oh, like, I'm going to put me in the middle of event. I could walk up to the event and like buddy-buddy with everybody. And like, hey, oh, so far, you're doing great today, man. Can I give you some tips, this and that? But as soon as that thing switches and I get in there, I'm like, I'm going to fucking go. Like, you're, <laughs> you're going to have to pry this barbell out of my hands. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I gave myself, like, I pulled something I, at the very first event, this last one last summer that I, I took first in. I pulled something in my trap because I, I, I can't game it. I knew that in the overhead press, the other people had gotten either no repped, no, like zeroed out. Like they couldn't get the bar overhead or like yeah. two or four reps. And I did 13 reps just because I was like, I, I don't want to do six and win. I'm like, I'm in it. And I knew that there was people out there. There's a crowd there. My wife was there. My daughter was there. And I'm like, I want to keep going. I want to make this thing look light. And I want to make it look like, like there's no doubt, you know what I mean? So that's always a driving force for me when it comes to competition where it's, it's not outwardly like, Hey, there's this great competition. I want to sign up and go win. It's like, Hey, cool. I'd like to go try this. But inside I'm like, I, I better, I, I can't accept that I can't do phenomenal at it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Well, yeah. You want to be competitive and you want to be able to compete 
at like whatever it is you're doing. And I think like it's such a, a confidence builder too, um, you know, to give you that internal confidence to like look at something. And like, once you've done this, like, you know, a handful of times and you know that like, once you put your mind to something and train for it, like, Hey, I know I may not win this, but like, I'm going to be competitive and like be in the mix. Right. And I think that's yeah. just such a huge confidence boost that like probably a lot of guys are missing out on that, that aren't doing that. If they're like trying to, um, you know, identify, you know, certain goals that may be like out of their area of comfort and like go mm-hmm. after it and attack something new and like find out that like, Hey, I can be competitive at this. Like, I think that's huge, man. And I think it's probably, um, you know, something a lot of people are missing. Yeah. And then, you know, you had said, you know, always having a goal, always having something to work towards is important, but you know, there are lots of times when you don't have that and, or you don't have that, you know, totally uh, extrinsic thing that you're working towards and you got to find something else. So this is the other side and this has been super important to me. When I turned 30 and my daughter was born, mm-hmm. uh, I basically said, I want to be the fittest, most badass dad when I'm 40, when I'm 45. And everything I do has to serve that, even if it looks a little different on the micro, the macro has to be the longevity of being there for her. So when she's, you know, last night, she's, she's coming up on six and we had daddy daughter dance last night. And I wanted to be that dad that showed up and was like, whatever you want to do, you want to dance, you want to play, you want to this, like, I'm down for all of it. My energy levels are there. Mm -hmm. Um, this is there when she's, you know, 10 or 12 or 16. And she's like, dad, I want to go run a race. And I'll be like, I'll go with you. I'm going to beat you. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't ever want that to be, I don't ever want to be that dad. That's like, Oh, I can't today. I'm too tired. Or like my knee hurts or this or that, or like, or I didn't give a shit about my health 10 years ago. And now I'm fat and lazy. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty much telling your kid. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's a big driver for me too, man. Like, um, I, I'm putting a few guys through this challenge right now, like a 28 day challenge uh, through yep. Techno. And like the first exercise is really to like identify what is your vision or your outcome goal, kind of your long-term goal, you know, for specific categories. And like that was, that was one of mine was um, like same thing, very similar of like, Hey, I just want to be able to, you know, whatever like my kids want to do, I want to be able to support them and like be, be part of that, you know, yep. um, like be in the shape that, that supports that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one was, it's very similar. You talked about the challenge and stuff like that. Cause that was on my outcome goal as well. was like, I want to, at whatever point in time that I feel like I want to go take something on, like I'm able to go take that on. Um, you know, and it's like, what, like whatever it, it shifts, like right now I'm into, um, my goal right now is to, to get a sub like five thirty Fran over the next 30 days, which is not mm-hmm. like super, you know, difficult, but it's, it's going to be tough. Cause I've been out of shape for a little bit. Um, so like that's one, but then like on the other spectrum, like I just signed up for a half marathon too, right? And so I'm like, same thing as you. I want to have, like, kind of have that like jack of all trades to be able to be like, you know, I want to I want to be able to be in the shape to where if I see something that I want to go attack, like I can I can be able to go do that. Exactly. And that's you know, I think the long term game is is missed a lot. I think that people aren't as patient as they should be. Mm-hmm. You no, know, like find things that you're great at and go compete in it and be competitive, but understand that. I don't know if anybody's listening to this and it's like, Oh, strong man sounds awesome. And I want to get in and run a 12 week, you know, on ramp to compete. I've been doing this for 20 years. You know what I mean? So there's this, there's this long-term build up to it. And then what's it look like on the other side of that? You know what I mean? So it's not just what's going to build you up to your competition, but how do you look coming out of that? Are you going to be broken the next day? Are you going to be broke 
five years later because of the the goals that you set for yourself or are you going to use those as drivers you know the the half marathon the the sub 530 fran the things that you want to do are they man i'm going to at all costs go and hit this goal or are you going to use that as a driver for your overall goal and keeping that macro in sight i think is is super important and i think people lose that and they lose the patience sometimes mm-hmm. where they forget hey uh 30 is not that old 40 is not that old you know i i can't believe that in a few years i'm going to be 40 years old i still view myself as in my early 20s yeah. you know isn't that, I, isn't that the weirdest thing ever i like, can't imagine dude like, you know, I, thinking, like your, your mind is still exactly the same pretty much i mean like you know you, you grow you learn things like you you mature things like that but like i'm, I'm the same man i'm 35 and i'm like i'm gonna be 40 in five years like i i don't feel that at all it's wild yeah, uh, but it's also the choices we make, right? Like, I got somebody that I worked with a while back. You know, I'm I'm in EMS also, so first responders stuff like that. And I was a, I was on scene someplace with a, a coworker, and you know, he, he uh, said so. I said something about like because we have like this electronic charting system, and I was like, man, I miss paper. You know, because one of the other agencies he worked for used to have paper. He goes, what do you mean you miss paper? What are you like 24? And I was like, I'm 34. And he was like, oh, me too, <laughs> like that, because very different people, you know, yeah. as far as like, I, I look 10 years younger than him. I act 10 years younger than him, you know, and here the whole time I was like, okay, I, I know how I act and feel and look and conduct myself. And I know my age at the time, 34. And with him, I was like, if I had to guess, I would have put him in his 40s, yeah. you know, it's weird this, you know how you extrapolate this out. Are you familiar with the book, um, chop wood, carry water? Uh, no. Uh-uh. So it's a, it's a pretty short read. Um, it's basically just, uh, it's an exercise in patience and consistency, but told through the lens of a young man who goes from the United States to go train, to be a samurai archer. Okay. And, basically his story about the lessons that he learns over the course of, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. But one of the things in there that I loved was when he was first finally shooting an arrow because it took forever for him to be allowed to shoot an arrow because he had these these habits is he's got like this, this tiny little move that needs to happen in his elbow in his setup. And his uh, samurai instructor comes around sensei. I'm not, I can't remember, you know what they call it, but, and uh, he kind of like touches his elbow and he goes, move this up. And he was kind of like, sensei, is this really important? I just want to shoot arrows. I just, and he goes, watch this, drop it down just a touch. And then he missed the target completely. And he goes, any small move that you make now, you might not notice, but in the long term, in this case, you know, 40 yards down the range, where's the outcome going to go? Extrapolate that out in the direction you're heading. And one small change in direction now can equal a huge difference, you know, 40 yards down range, or for us, 10 years down range or 15 down range. So what small changes do we need to make now to put ourselves on a path? And what does that look like? And being honest about what that looks like, you know? So to come back to the whole fitness aspect, powerlifting, if all I'm doing is banging heavy weights and I got to wrap my knees and take Advil to get in there, I could probably make it through this year in this competition. But what does that look like 10 years from now? And is that where I want to be on that road? And really what we need to do is honestly look at the people that have gone down that road. Success leaves clues and so does failure, you know, so look at the people that have been doing the things that are on the road that you're on 
and ask yourself if you want to be those people. I mean, I do it with work. I do it with the people that have been in the industry that I've been in that have been acting a certain way. And I don't know if I want to be those people and have their morals and their, you know, their, their guideposts that they live their life by. Uh, but I got to look at the, the, the little, the tiny movements, right? Where's your elbow placement and where's that going to put your arrow in 40 yards? Okay. I, I want to take something, what you said, and I, I'm going to look that book up. Um, you'll have to shoot me a text after this. I want to I check it out. Um, but one thing you said, like the, the small tweaks and the things that uh, you're going to do like over and over going to compound. Um, so like the way that I, I bring that back to kind of like daily stuff is like, like same thing. Like if you have a goal, you know, it would be super, super easy to just be like, all right, I'm going to tap this goal, like, like head first, do everything, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm going to go work out like eight times a day to do this goal, et cetera. But like, that's going to burn you out. Um, and so what I want to bring it back to is kind of the daily things that you need to do to support like overall health, your overall fitness goals and things like that. And kind of like how you use the macro to set like your overarching goals. But then once those goals are set, it kind of comes back down to the micro, right? It's like, Sure. Okay, yeah. I need like what do I need to do today or this morning or this rep that ultimately is going to have the compounding effect to get me to where I want to go in my macro. So like, how do you like you set these goals like strongman, etc. And, and the the Spartan race, but like once you set those goals, like what is your what is your mentality go to and what does your focus go to? Is it you know are you looking at the micro then? Um, I do kind of. It's both, you know, I look at the micro within a training session, you know, is this particular session going to get me to be a more competitive athlete in this particular event? But at the same time, it's the macro never leaves me because the macro is the long-term fitness for my family. Mm -hmm. So I need to remember that I need to make sacrifices and we all do but where are you going to make those sacrifices and what are you going to hold most important? So if I can remember that the macro is my family, then the sacrifice might be my training session, even though I'm training for an event rather than the sacrifice being the time with my family. Yeah. All right. Which is the reason that, you know, I love doing this podcast right now because my whole family's sleeping. Mm. You know what I mean? This is really important to me, but I have a list of priorities that I run everything through. And it's my faith is first. My family is second. My health is third. And my career is fourth. And if it doesn't align with that list, I don't do it or I make an adjustment. And this is amazing because this, you know, doesn't take time away from my family. It doesn't hurt my health. It, it supports my health, supports my career, supports all that stuff. So, you know, it, it just, this is, this is awesome. I love this. But at the same time, my, my sleep is lower on the list than my family, mm. right? For example. So I get up probably 4.15 every morning and I go to the gym. I have to be to work somewhere around like 6.30 or so. So I need to find a way to make my time from about 4.30 to around 6 be a phenomenal training session, even if I'm low on sleep. Because the other option is I don't see my kid all day. She's yep. in school. She gets out at two 30 and then I got to take time away from what would be family time to go work out. And that, that guilt, you know what I mean? I, I'm sure you've, you've felt it. We just do it regardless of what, you know, your wife says, your family says like, yeah, go work out, go do it. You always, you're always going to have this guilt because you know, it doesn't align with your, your values to take time away from your family to do something like that. Mm. That being said, I, I know you're a huge proponent also of it's super important to do it in general, but it's more important that you put a check in the box than you have a phenomenal training session at the ideal circadian rhythm time or whatever. 
You know what I mean? So I'd much rather go first thing in the morning, low on sleep with only, you know, half a cup of coffee in my body and go bang out a session because I can put a check in the box over and over and over and over again and still have time with my family. And that will equal results in the long term, right? Extrapolate that out. Um, is that, is that kind of, I yeah. totally popped up main question here, man. I'm kind of going on a rant. <laughs> no, no. And I think, uh, so I'm the same way, like getting up early in the morning, like that's, that's the time that I work out. Um, one, cause I just, you know, I, I think it's great to like go get, you know, a good workout session in the morning. Like it sets you up yeah. for the day nicely, but then two, um, you know, on the same lens, it's like, I don't want to take that time away from family. So like, you know, when I look at my day, it's like two options. It's like, all right, I can either get a little bit less sleep and I can go work out so I can be there to wake my kids up and take them to school. Um, yeah. you know, or I can wait until everyone is asleep, like including my wife. Cause I want to, you know, spend time with her as well. Um, yeah. and, and support her. And then I can go, you know, work out or go for a run at like 10 PM at night. And so those are like my two options. And like, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of like putting that, that prioritization, uh, exercise and being like, where do I want to spend my time? Um, and yeah, same thing, man. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be early in the morning for me. So, um, well, cool, man. Well, so tell me, tell me a little bit about like, obviously fitness has been a focus for you. Family is a big focus. So how, how has one kind of helped support the other, like this fitness journey that you're on and, you know, working so hard, trying to accomplish goals. Like how has that made you one, a better husband to a better father? I think honestly, I, I'm a huge advocate for the fact that the hard work that we put in, I mean, there are so many ways to learn hard work, but the way that I know best is in the gym. Um, I used to be a strength coach for high school athletes. I worked for a couple different high schools. Um, I ran uh, my own business with some private programs for high schoolers. And I was less focused on athletic performance and more on teaching the value of hard work because the gym is the best place that I know to teach yourself to stick to something, to pull through something, to, to, to basically build your character. And if it weren't for that, I'd be a much different man. I don't even know if I would be with my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if she would be with me. Is basically <laughs> yeah. the thing, you know what I mean? Because it's made me the man that I am. And I know that's what attracts me to her. You know, and her to me is our values and our work ethic and our ability to, you know, no matter what kind of obstacle we're faced with, be able to find a way to pull through that, be able to find a way to overcome or adapt. And we've learned that honestly in the gym, both of us have. And we've integrated that into our lifestyle with our daughter you know, she comes to the gym with us. I have a picture. My wife was four days postpartum bench pressing. And my daughter was an infant in her carrier on the gym floor while I was doing power cleans. And then we used to put her carrier sled, and we would push the sled back and forth and she would sleep. And uh, my wife would wear her on the front while she was back squatting. Somebody out there is probably pissed right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just, I think it's super important that it's just, she grows up and she sees that it's a part of our lifestyle. You know, it's a, the non-negotiable It's just what we do. You know, we were at the gym here and uh, CrossFit gym, you know, kids are in CrossFit gyms all the time. And somebody had said like, Oh, you know, kids got to stay in the kids room, this and that, you know, it might not be safe. And I got thinking to myself, like my daughter's been in the gym longer than almost anybody here. You know, (laughs) like, does anybody yeah, that knows you help, you help with the form? Like she can, she can let you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think overarching theme, obviously on a daily basis, it makes me happy. 
<laughs> right? So I can go get a workout, get the endorphins rushing, and I'll always come back happier and more ready to be involved because I don't have this thing hanging over my head like it's something I haven't done yet. On a macro, it teaches hard work, it teaches consistency, and all these values that we want to pull over to the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly, so when I used to run a gym and run programs and work with high school athletes, as I'm so passionate about that, that even though now that I've changed careers and I'm EMS, I'm not on a truck anymore. I'm uh, sitting in the office, which, you know, it's cool. But uh, I just, I, I need to get back to that. I need to have something where I'm, I'm passing this on, you know, because it's a gift that's been given to me in my life. The, the value of work and work is the gift and the things that it teaches you. And I need to be able to give that back. And uh, I've toyed with the idea of starting a nonprofit. I've toyed with the, I've done a bunch of research on that. I don't know what that looks like yet, but uh, or possibly even a for-profit gym that's just like based on the niche of working hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to come in that are like, oh, I'm just going to do some upper body today, or I'm just going to do no. I don't want people to come in really with anything other than I need to smash today. I need to come in and throw sandbags, flip tires, like do heavy squats. And I need to find that release for my mental health. And it's going to be such a, such a niche niche market of improving mental health around hard work. And because that's what it's done for me. I mean, it's what it's, how do I want to put it? it? It's laid the groundwork for my wife and I to be tough enough to get through anything life throws at us. We've moved across the country three times. I know you know what that's like, right? Uh, We've lived out of a camper. We've been shit broke so many times that in the past that we've, we've sat in the driveway where our kid was a baby. She was asleep in the back. When we first moved to Colorado, I remember just like tears, man. We were like, are we going to have to leave because we can't afford to do this? Or is that going to be quitting? Or can we pull through this? And we've found a way. Now, you know, we're not rich by any means, but we found a way to like really do really well for ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. it's just work and consistency over time. And we learn those lessons. You know, we, we lost our son last year at 34 weeks pregnant, uh, just a few months ago. And it's still is the hardest thing we've ever been through, but because we've got such a strong bond that's built on communication and trust and work ethic and staying on the same page and being adaptable, we've have, and are still finding a way to let it bring us closer and get through all that. And I honestly should probably call me a meathead for saying this, but I believe that that's largely in part because of the people that we are and who we've built ourselves to be from our, our physically cultured life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, so on that lens of, you know, kind of having that grit, kind of having that, um, you know, going into a gym, like wanting to smash stuff, but then like, like, uh, you know, and, and your kind of programming background, I know you have, um, a program that you have right now. I'm not sure if it's, if it's free, if it's paid or, or what, but I want you to tell me about the grip program. Cause I've, I've checked it out. Um, I haven't done it. Um, just cause we've been like transient, like you said, like moving a, a bunch, but now that we're settled, um, you know, as, as we start to get into spring, I get this half marathon behind me. Like, I think that it may be something I want to get into. So tell, tell me what that's about. Yeah. The funny thing is about that is that program was written while I was transient. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, so it came about, uh, so it is free by the way, uh, okay. for anybody that's, you know, might be interested. I'll, I'll, I'll link up to it for sure. And it, I basically made like a, a Wix, whatever it is like landing site. Cause it was free. And the, I can't even tell you what the website name is. Cause it's a random combination of letters and numbers. Cause I didn't pay for, 
you know, it's like wix.com slash whatever. It's like a mile long, but I'll send you the link. And it's basically a landing page. It has a download down. It lets you download the free PDF. It's, uh, it's basically in a nutshell, it's 30 days straight, no breaks of workouts that you would look at and be like, fuck, no, I'm not doing that. You know? and, yeah, I was uh, the first one and I was like, are you serious, Ryan? Like, I'm going to have to use this. <laughs> well, you know, I'm so used to being in a phenomenal gym. You know, the gym that we were in in New York, I helped build that basically from, I came on when it was 70 members and then I came on staff and we built that gym up to over 400 to 15,000 square feet to this, you know, fitness conglomerate. And we had everything, man. We had rooms with powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit stuff, like uh, 25 Concept 2 rowers. We had a rowing class that was basically like spin but with rowing. And we had everything. And I came from that and having all of this available to me all the time. And anything I wanted to build, we could build, to living in a camper and traveling across the country. And all yeah. I had was a 53-pound kettlebell. Uh, <laughs> I had a 35-pound kettlebell. And one section of battle rope that was cut to be the length of a jump rope. Okay. So what I would do is I, I, I was like, I, I need that intensity in my life. I need that. I can, I no longer have access to heavy barbells and power cleans and stones and sandbags and all this fun stuff, but I need to get that. So what I started doing while I was traveling was writing down my workouts and it might be, how do I find the intensity when all I can do today is burpees? I'm like, well, I'm going to do 300 of them. And then I was like, man, okay. I could put in my headphones and it got to the point where like, you know, I could listen and be motivated and this and that and get a buddy. But then I was like, what happens if I don't, what happens yeah. if I turn all the music off and I go outside to do it and I make it as difficult as humanly fucking possible to do it. And what I found was probably what, 300 burpees. So maybe 300 times I said, I'm, I'm done. Right. <laughs> and I had to convince myself there was never a rep where I was like, okay, you know, how, like when you're running and, and then you're like, oh shit, this sucks. My foot hurts. But then you get another good win. You keep, that doesn't happen with 300 burpees. There's yeah, never yeah. a section where you're like, okay, I'm going to skate through the next 50. You know, every rep you're just like, fuck, I get back down on the ground again. But that's cognitive dissonance. And the more research I did on it and the more I found out what I was doing for myself was I was taking cognitive dissonance that says, you know what? A hundred is pretty good. You did a hundred burpees, Ryan, go home. Or you did 150, you did 200, you did 250 burpees. What are you trying to prove by doing the other 50? And you got to be like, I'm trying to prove that I could turn off that voice that says you haven't done enough and finish my goal. Mm -hmm. Because there's been some research surrounding goal setting and the synapses and not closing those gaps. And when you say, I'm going to do five rounds of a workout and you do three and you don't close that gap and that completion, mm -hmm. and what happens is it makes it easier to quit and easier and easier and yep. easier. Yep, but absolutely. if you continue to do it and you continue to close that loop and continue to say, you know what, 300 was stupid and there was no real benefit to my run or whatever. There probably is. But the biggest benefit is the mental resiliency that comes about saying, I'm going to do something that is stupid and then teach myself that, you know what, it is attainable. Mm -hmm. So I wrote them down. I've got things like 300 burpees. There might be like 10 rounds and every round has got a hundred kettlebell swings in it or five rounds. There's ones that, and I put little notes in there, right? Things like hundred kettlebell swings, hundred pushups, hundred jumping jacks. But when you get to the hundred kettlebell swings, if you set it down, you got to start over at the beginning of the whole workout. So <laughs> like putting 
things in there. Like, and I put like a time, you know, you got to do X amount of running and pull-ups or whatever. And if you don't finish it in this amount of time, you got to do 10 more burpees and do it again. There's like things like that, like goals that you might think, you know, are unattainable. But at the same time, I, I think the reason I wanted them in there is I think we do it too often to ourselves where we're just way too easy on ourselves in general. I think that nobody really works as hard as they think they work. And I think the capability for hard work is there. We just don't know it. I think that people go to the gym and they'll do, so take CrossFit gym, for example, right? CrossFit's great because it brought a lot of people to fitness, but if you've got an hour long class and your workout is Fran for the day, right? And you spend, I don't know, what else are you going to do in that class? You know what I mean? Maybe you're you're stretched for like 20 minutes, you know, you're going to like go Mm -hmm. over thrusters for like 10 minutes and, you know, like go over like three, three ways to do pull-ups for like 15 minutes. And then, yeah, then you do your workout. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe that workout, maybe somebody does it slower and it takes 10 minutes. Yeah. So you're willing to tell me you spent an hour to do 10 minutes of work. And in the middle of that, you're probably still not even pushing as hard. There's very few people that have that gear built Mm -hmm. in that can go to that like fifth gear level where they're really pushing as hard as they can. But I just think that like, and then they leave the gym. They're like, oh, I worked so hard today. You know, not to diminish that. I mean, cause I think it's great and this is going to sound terrible to me, but like fucking do some work. I don't know. Like I, I love to go into a CrossFit gym and, and use the back room. I, I like to say that I'm not a, a member. I just use their stuff. You know, I'll go in and I'll do, you know, the like concept two makes like the bike. Yep. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm looks just like a road bike it's super awesome by the way i love that bike but i'll do all right i'm gonna do the other day i did 10 rounds of a thousand meters on the bike and 10 ghg sit-ups after every one of them so it's you know basically a 6.2 mile bike ride and 100 ghg sit-ups and i was done in 20 something minutes i was like cool i got lots of time and i did some sled drags and then i'll go do pull-ups and then i'll do this and i'll do that and i'm like i got time and maybe this particular part of my body is sore and done what else can i do and there's always yeah. more tank and the grip program is supposed to teach people that they've got a much bigger engine than they think and much more capability than they think they have. And what they don't need is this external stuff like fitness trackers and timing my runs and, you know, uh, extra music and the perfect environment. And in fact, uh, I I wish I had it in front of me. I'm going to send it to you. This whole paragraph in the beginning. And if you listen to the grip podcast I did with my friend, John, the one that I shared, the beginning of it was me reading the first page of this book. And it basically was talking about how we don't find fitness and excel, you know. <laughs> this, this is me on meetings too, yeah. Right, like my dog is like, oh, yeah, yes. it's like perfect for the podcast, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so like we don't, we don't find, we don't excel because of these things. We can excel in spite of them. So rather than, you know, like I've got a Garmin watch and it tracks my run and all this and that, and that, that's not making me fit. In fact, sometimes, so I had a, what do you call it? Whoop. I had yeah. one of those mm. for like eight days and then I got rid of it because I was waking up in the morning and it was being like, you're 27% recovered. You should take the next week off. And I was <laughs> like, I, I didn't listen to it. I wasn't like, oh, I'm 27% recovered. I was like, fuck you. Watch this. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, did a, I did a run last night. I have a Garmin watch too. And it tells you like recommended rest periods afterwards, you know? So I did the run, you know, and then it was like, all right, great job on the run. It was like, you should have like 26 hours off. And I was like, well, that's not happening. (laughs) I got to go out and do it tomorrow. (laughs) 
And we're just too soft, I think, as as a society in general. So grit was, you know, coming back to that, I traveled and lived in the camper. I had nothing available. I had to make it work. I had to find the intensity, find that level. And then I put it all together and I wrote notes and it would be like, uh, don't quit today. Love Ryan. Something like that. You know what I mean? And almost every day has one in the written in paragraph form for that reason. And then I decided that, you know, I sold it for a little while. I think it was like eight bucks or 10 bucks or something. And then I was like, you know, there's a bunch of people that bought it and that's cool, but there's a lot more people that could get a benefit out of it that aren't because it's eight or $10. So Mm -hmm. I made it right. I don't run my, my financials off of my fitness business anymore. So it's not doing me any good sitting as a PDF on my laptop. So I uploaded it. I built the site and I put it out there for free. And every like couple months, I just remind people that it's out there for free. Yeah. What I love about it, man, and, um, is, so obviously the workouts are like super hard. Right. Um, and you like put things in there that are, that are going to be difficult, but like what, what is like most impactful for me and what I think that the people will get the biggest benefit out of is it is a like accountability, discipline and integrity tool. You know, mm-hmm. cause I think a lot of times, like you said, well, you know, you, that little voice in your head goes like, all right, you know, 150 is good. Like, all right, I'm going to cap it there, you know? Um, and like, we, we're all guilty of that, of that thought for sure. Cause like you're yeah. saying the 300 burpees, like burpee one, you're like, no, 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 no I don't want to do this anymore. You know? So like, we're, we all have that come into yeah. our, our head, but like with your program and really any like hard workout, it's just, it's, it's really an exercise in integrity. Of like, mm-hmm. did I tell myself I was going to do this? And did I do it? Right. And like you said, like if you say you're going to do something and then you come up short and you do that intentionally, like a little piece of yourself is going to die. <laughs> like pretty much every time you do that. Right. And it's going to make yeah. it much easier for you to quit on other things. Um, so that, that's what I love about it, man. Um, like I said, I haven't done it yet. Um, you're making me feel guilty for not doing it. So I'm going <laughs> to, as soon as I'm finished with the half marathon, I will, uh, I'll, I'll do great. <laughs> nice awesome yeah, i'm excited to see how it goes yeah, you know awesome we'll do well ryan man let me um let's we're, we're getting close to an hour so we'll we'll cap it here um and you got to get back into the kids they're probably gonna wake up here soon i see the sun coming up in uh in colorado there but um uh where where can people find you so i'm gonna put links into the description so you guys can go check out ryan check out grit um but are you on instagram like if people just want to uh follow you on instagram where you at uh, bare bones strength. So it's bare okay. like the, um, and funny story on that, that, that was my business name when I, you know, ran programs because again, coming back to the idea that the, the basics always work and hard work always works. I've been doing, you know, 20 years at least, if not more since like middle school when I was in football and it's always been the basics, you know, pushups, pull-ups, sprints, deadlifts, uh, squats, um, running. I don't know the list. The list really isn't that long and everything's a variation of that that works. So bare bones is just a play on words for the basics, bare bones strength. And then just wanting people to realize that no matter how long you've been doing it, you don't need to get fancy. You don't need gimmicks. You don't need all this bullshit. You just need hard work consistency in the basics hammered over and over and over and over again. Um, so bare bones strength is the name that I operated that through. I used to have a website. I don't know if it's still out there, but people can find me on Instagram with that. Um, what I still do on there and what they can find is, you know how you can like link highlight reels for your uh, yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. So there's one on there that just says training and 
anytime I I've, I think of it and I've got a session that I think people might like, I'll build a story around it and I put it in there. So there's probably a couple dozen in there right now, just ideas for people. There's a link to, I think, the podcast that I did on Grit, which has a link to the program is free on there. And really, it's just me being real. It's just me being like, yeah, I'm out there. I I deadlift over six. I squat over five. I'm going to strongman nationals. I run Spartan races. I did all that, like everything. But being real about my life and like, here's the struggles I face on a daily basis. And I want people to see that too. And so my Instagram is built around being completely transparent. You know, when we lost our son, just being transparent about how shitty that still really is and not, you know, but still at the same time, keeping my faith in the forefront, you know, and in navigating that, you know, how do you stay faithful to a loving God when you lose a child and we navigate that. And, and I am, and my wife and I talk about that a lot and how do we stay great in our relationship and how do I treat my wife and how do I treat my child and, you know, trying to not only set an example, but display the stumbling blocks that I have in setting that example. Right. And here's the things that get in my way and not just doing a highlight reel of what an amazing, you know, Oh, it looks so great. And all he does is go to the gym and work out and love his wife. Like there's so much more to it than that. And I would love if people would follow me on there and interact with me. Cause I love connecting with people about that. You know, I love having people come up and be like, Hey man, uh, I saw your, your story, you know, a couple days ago and it's just inspired me, you know, as a, as a Christian, you know, to, get through hard times and, and keep our faith regardless of what happens, you know, even though we may not understand it and, uh, you know, be, be an example for how I treat my wife, like the queen that she is, you know, how I treat my daughter and, and how in the midst of all that still finding space to advance myself, not letting myself go, not giving up on hopes and dreams, but using my hopes and dreams as an example of how to, navigate I'm too busy or I got too much going on with life and keeping the big picture perspective of you only get one shot at this right so I'm gonna get as strong as possible as conditioned as possible work as hard as possible and do it in the midst of a full-time job that I'm there for 40 hours plus I'm you know on call all the time anyway so I probably put in close to 60 hours a week um, running fitness businesses being in the gym being present dad it's really fucking hard work. And I don't think that people realize when they're like, oh, I just want to have a better life. When you find a great life balance, nothing clicks. It doesn't happen. You don't like, oh, oh, perfect. There's my balance. I'm going to skate now. I figured out the perfect amount of time for my kid. No, it's every day. It's a fucking grind and it's hard. And you have to accept that and stop being a victim about like, oh, my life's too hard. I don't know how to do this or I can't like, everybody's life is hard. Everybody's going through things and everybody has to do it every single day and figure out if they're going to, are they going to show up and put in the necessary work? Because it's more work than we think. But when you do that work, it pays off and it never gets easier. You just continue to do it and it becomes just a, a habit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ryan, dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, Thank you for the the message that you're spreading. Um, you know the impact that you're making, and and really, I mean, all kinds of lives, like not just dads, you know, not just fathers, not just men, but women too. Like like I think everybody can take some of the the messages that and the um, the lessons that you're you're teaching applied in their life. Um, so I, I really appreciate what you're doing, man. Appreciate our relationship. Looking forward to it continuing to grow. Um, and just thanks for coming on, man. And, and uh, like I said, I'll, I'll I'll have links to everything in the description in the podcast. You guys can go check out Ryan. Go check out Grit. 
Uh, for Ryan Man, thank you for coming on. And um, I'll see you guys on the next episode.